I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Socially Modern podcast. We are switching it up today. We're just going to take it, (laughs) take it easy. We're going to do what I feel like most podcasters do at some point, which is just kind of have a coffee talk episode, like a shoot the shit type of thing. Stephanie and I are just going to talk real estate. Basically, if we were like going to lunch to just catch up. That's what we're doing. And you guys get to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. We're bringing, bringing you along to what's going on. Just a bunch of life updates, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. So we were just talking and we decided we should just hit record. <laughs> we were, Stephanie was like telling me this story about one of her recent deals or just like a, an experience with her clients. I was like, should we hit record? <laughs> <laughs> I just was just talking about this situation. I feel like we can all relate to this as real estate agents. So it's kind of nice just to hear like the banter and like this, the problems, right, that we run yeah. into sometimes. And I was telling Jesse that I had this situation where my clients wanted to see a house and I went on to the MLS to look it up and this agent didn't have any phone numbers listed. I I can't call this agent. They don't want you to. Right. And it's a team. So we all know how that goes. Like there's departments. Right. (laughs) So it was like email this email to find out if there's any, you know, offers or updates or et cetera to send your offer. So I sent an email, you know, hoping to just get an update because the market's crazy, right? We want to, I always want to make sure that I'm not wasting my buyer's time or my time. And uh, I want to make sure that they're seeing a house they can actually put an offer in on. Right. And so no response, whatever. I go and show it. They love it. This was, you know, last night. They loved it. Perfect for them. Anyways, we're going to send out an offer this morning because this was kind of later last night. And we get onto the MLS and it's pending. And I was like, seriously? Like, I think we all have that frustration, right? Mm -hmm. But I did end up finding this agent's number. So I just sent them a text just to say like, hey, I did send over a question to this email just to kind of give him a heads up even that that method it had been in 23 hours and I still hadn't heard back yeah hey your system's a little whacked <laughs> and that kind of stinks you know it stinks for the seller it stinks for me as the buying agent like all around it just stinks yeah and he was super apologetic super nice uh it turns out the email that was listed in the MLS was a typo <laughs> No joke. He was like, I'm uh, so sorry about that. There was actually a typo. So that's why we didn't get your email. <sighs> See, Big and like, <laughs> as an agent, you're totally doing your seller a disservice because your clients were ready to write an offer. And I mean, I know nothing about your clients, but they absolutely could have been in a position to mm-hmm. write a better offer than the one that they accepted. And so it's just, it blows my mind that agents get away with that. It absolutely stinks. It makes me want to do a little bit of content on like questions to ask your listing agent because I've been seeing this a lot where Mm -hmm. there is no phone number to talk to the agent over the weekend while the house is on the market. And I get that we all want to have like a personal life and stuff like that. But I do I do a lot of really good negotiating on terms and price during that first weekend that the listing is on the market. 
Uh, well, and, it, and most of the time in this market, it's one weekend. One you weekend. You sacrifice one weekend for a listing. To take phone calls. I mean, yeah. you can do... I've done that from a staycation floating down the lazy river. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be Get real. Get it together, Come people. on. No. <laughs> Speaking so. of listing agents, I have a story. Um, so I have these clients that I had been working with towards the end of last year and they're looking in an area that's very popular. They're coming in with a VA loan. And as most of us know, VA loans are very difficult to get accepted these days just because they're so strict. And we were having a a hard time getting under contract, Mm -hmm. writing offers, getting beat out, that kind of thing. My clients finally found this house. They saw it and they wanted to write an offer. So we wrote an offer, a pretty strong offer as well. I hear back from the listing agent like, hey, we're ready to counter your offer, to which I'm super excited because I'm like, awesome. Like I've been working with these clients for a while, finally getting an offer accepted. And he tells me the only thing we need to counter is the closing date. And in my mind, I'm now thinking, okay, so we probably need to try and close a little bit sooner Mm. is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, the sellers would like to close sooner. No, this is beginning of January. He's like, my sellers won't close on their new build until April 28th. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a long. (laughs) At the beginning of January. We're talking four whole months. Right. And I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, well, then why the hell did you list this now? Yeah, I mean. Like, why did you list this basically two months early? And my clients were supposed to be out of their apartment or their rental mid-February. And I was like, well, let me talk to my clients about this. And so I take it to my clients and I'm like, look, this guy and nowhere in the listing did it say that they would need a longer escrow or that they would need post-possession. And given the condition of this house, I was like, I do not want you guys to be on the hook as landlords for this in post-possession. I was like, let's just do a long-ass escrow. And these clients are going through USAA as well. So I was like, long escrow would be great. That way, <laughs> they'll you know, really have it all they together. They really have enough time to get it taken care of. So my clients ended up agreeing. They made arrangements to have a place to live until the end of April. But I was just like, dude, why did you list this at the beginning of January? They just, they knew the market maybe and just figured they'd throw it out there and see what happens, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, I was just like, okay, whatever. But it just like cracked me up that he in the counter call was like, we just need to counter the date. Is that is that like still going then right now? Yeah, it's still open. And it's good? Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're cool. through appraisal. It appraised. We actually came in, I think we came in 10K above. My clients were, and after I saw this house, I was like, oh my goodness, what did we just do? But my clients wanted to buy the more fixer-upper home in the better neighborhood. Yeah. Hey, they're, so I think that's great. They're going to put some sweat equity into it, and it's going to look really great. And they're, that's what they say, they're right? Super happy. So, you know, don't buy the is, nicest house in the neighborhood. Yeah, buy you know? the crappiest, for lack of a better word, <laughs> house in the best neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of my client's philosophy. So even after our inspection. And just seeing how worn down the house really was, they were like, that's okay. We're going to come in and do a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, thank God, because I do not want to go back to market with you guys. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's it's still open. It's open. That's awesome, though. But we're hey, through all of our contingencies, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Positive side is they were able to get under contract. They bought what they wanted. It worked. And now it's I, working out. I at least know that I'm going to get paid towards the end of April. Yeah. Hey, you stacked that one <laughs> so there. It's it, great. <laughs> it worked out. But yeah. Absolutely. So what else do you have you had going on? Uh, you know, I feel like we're all experiencing like low appraisals right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. The appraiser has to go out there and run their, their stuff. Sometimes though, it is just a little rough. It's like, I just don't really see where you're coming from, but you know, I have to, <laughs> we have to roll with it where yeah. there's really no other choice. And I have a, a neighbor, actually my neighbor, good friends of ours. Uh, he's an appraiser. So I've asked him all the questions, all the things yeah. I'm always, I always do. I love picking his brain. Uh, but you know, he's like, they don't, very rarely, and I knew this, like very rarely do appraisers change it. Mm-hmm. Change their mind if, <laughs> if you're you go like, in and fight it. Hey, this is awful. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, I was even talking to to different brokers and stuff recently, and they're they're saying we're seeing a lot of like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar low appraisals right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a little frustrating because cause as a listing agent, I do I do always, you know, let my clients know we need to be pricing your home right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we'll go from there. Like that weekend, like I said, is like the best negotiating weekend. And it's not always about price. It's about terms yeah. and getting those things in for you guys. So yeah, it kind of stunk because recently I had a deal that just completely fell, to, fell apart because of the appraisal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my poor buyers, <laughs> Yeah, they're just, they're tapped out. I mean, they've, they've, they're taking a break, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I totally get it. You know, they're like, well, I actually wasn't their first agent. I'm their third agent. Um, (laughs) And so they've been looking for a little while. And I was so excited to get them under contract. We wrote one offer. It was great. Um, The house was great. But yeah, the appraiser just did not see eye to eye with value. How low was it? It was $21,000 low. Mm. Yeah. Seller wasn't willing to come down at all. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. See, and that I feel like is something that listing agents should be a lot more um, kind of like prepping forthcoming about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's something that that listing agents should be talking to their sellers about, especially when you're reviewing offers. Now, I don't know if you're, did your buyers have an appraisal shortfall of any type? Uh, mine did not. See, we didn't have to. Yeah. Okay. And we only came in, we came in at asking price, mind you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you weren't even above. No. Yeah. See, and that's where like listing agents, there are so many terrible listing agents out there right now and they just get away with all of this stuff because of the market. But a, a really good listing agent is going to price the home correctly and is going to prep their seller for the instance where the appraisal comes in low. Mm-hmm. Do you have a shortfall? Do you have, you know, have you prepped your seller? Because then, I mean, the listing agent, when the seller's like, I refuse to lower the price, the listing agent is losing out on the commission just as much as the buyer's agent is. I see it a lot where I feel like the cross agents, right, they can either be really great. And I feel like we have like an awesome partnership between the two of us, between for our our clients. Uh, But a lot of agents, I think, forget that we're we're mediators, really, in the whole situation. And like, we're not here to add more fire to it. Um, more drama, facts are facts, but also help our clients understand 
uh, you know, from the other perspective too. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's a very common topic. Okay. But from the seller's perspective or from the buyer's perspective, you know, this is what, what they're thinking. Uh, You know, where, what are you thinking? What are you comfortable with? Yeah. So having those conversations, sometimes I think agents, it just depends. Maybe they're afraid to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, Maybe lack of experience having those conversations. Uh, I think sometimes like our people pleaser-ness comes yeah. into play. Um, or a lot happens. of times it's to get the listing. It's to get know? the list. They overpromise the li- and underdeliver. Yep. They they say, oh, well, we can list at this price. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the seller's like, well, I want to list at this price. And they're like, okay. Regardless okay, sure. of. It's a great market. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really, I agree with you. Listing it accurately is so crucial. And then just telling my clients, you know, where there's the opportunity. We want as many people walking through the store. And then there's opportunity there for us to negotiate. It's don't just think about price. We can get someone who offers, you know, 50K above all day long. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't always mean, (laughs) doesn't always hold a lot of weight. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, So those are our crazy, (laughs) crazy (laughs) stories. Some client stories, yeah. Um, I want to talk about a couple of shows Oh, yes. Netflix. Um, (laughs) On Netflix and beyond. So I think you said that you watched Love is Blind 2 the second season. I got sucked into Love is Blind. So much so that even Chase, my husband, got sucked into Love is Blind, (laughs) which is so funny because like he would come into the house, you know, from the garage and be like, hey, are we are we going to watch Love is Blind? Like he was excited about it. And I was like, yes. Let's watch this like dating reality show together and then we get a banter back and forth about people. Right. No, for <laughs> sure. Okay. I want to know um, your thoughts on, I mean, I guess general thoughts. Right. Who, did you have a favorite couple? Did you, uh, and spoiler alert, I guess for anybody if you haven't who hasn't watched, watched it, it we're going to talk about all of it. So turn this off or skip if you don't want to skip don't turn it off we'll talk about other stuff in a minute (laughs) uh okay so I was actually so I really hated I think everybody did like I did not like shake at all to start I was like oh my gosh you are on the wrong show completely I feel like there was a guy on the first in the first season who did something similar I would have to go back and watch it I can't yeah I can't remember it came out like two years ago but yeah I think like, I didn't like him at the beginning when he was, like, asking all the questions about right. physical appearance. I didn't, you know, of course, didn't like him then. But I my attitude actually kind of changed. Absolutely. For a little bit. Like, once they got, once him and Deep got engaged. And then, like, after their trip, the trip to Mexico and stuff, I was like, yeah, I don't know about Every this time guy. he started talking. I did, too. I really liked him. Um, there for a minute and then every time that he would start talking negatively about about deep d mm-hmm. i was like okay you know that she's gonna rewatch this like later <laughs> on are they gonna you know what i mean if you get married like that's just that would be such an awkward moment and uh-huh. so rude mm-hmm. and, and you don't think <laughs> about hurtful. that too you don't think about that too is like oh yeah they're gonna be watching this in real time afterwards and we'll either be married or not married and then you get you're watching it as it's airing and your family's so watching they're it. watching it for the first time like we're watching it for mm-hmm. the first time even though they lived it yeah it would definitely ha- okay spoiler but yeah had they have gotten married <laughs> 
Uh, two, like, do you ever show that to your kids? Like, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. How did you guys mm. meet? How did mom and dad meet? Right. <laughs> and they're like, on this reality show, you know, but they don't ever want to show it. Yeah. I and mean, eventually it comes out. So. I thought, I, I agree with you. Um, I really thought that Deep D was going to say yes at the wedding. I was like so proud of her. I thought, yeah, I thought that she was going to say yes. And then in retrospect, I'm so glad that she didn't because, I mean, if you didn't hate Shake before the reunion episode, you absolutely hated him after the reunion episode. Right. I mean, there were a few comments that he made. Granted, he has no, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh... I don't know, finesse. is that? That's not even the right word. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, like, yeah, he just constantly puts his foot in his mouth. He does. But sometimes what he says is not necessarily wrong. Like but the he thought, just but his delivery is, is terrible. And I thought it was interesting, too. I, I always like to go, like, really deep into, like, thinking about people. Sure. And, like, why are you the way that you are? Oh, totally. <laughs> and, and he's an only child. And not saying that, like, all, all only children are like this. But I was just like, you know, maybe because he, you know, I don't know, was doted on so much. Like, mm-hmm. his, his shit doesn't stink kind of thing. Yeah. Like, maybe that's why he kind of has this, like, very entitled... Like, I'm so good, so great kind of attitude. That's really, like, how he came off to me. Yeah. I don't know. I I agree with you. There's definitely humble, don't get me wrong, like, only children. But yeah. I just really think about it. I've read I've read a little bit of a book, like, the birth order book and, like, right. first, second, third, whatever children. So it's just interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I got deep in I, that one. <laughs> um, so Shane and Natalie, I was so mm. shocked that they didn't get married so shocked I know they didn't um but I can also like what's so fascinating similar to like you diving into why do people do what they do for me it's so fascinating to see and of course all of this is based on what the producers cut the show to look like so of course we're not seeing the whole picture but it was so interesting to me to look back and see all of the times where Natalie truly invalidated Shane Mm mm-hmm and how much communication, miscommunication, I should say. They had. They had. Yeah. Truly. Like, neither of them were being honest, open, and vulnerable with each other. And it led to, you know, all of this stuff. And, yeah, it was just crazy to me to watch back. And they actually did, like, a flashback, like, series mm-hmm. of, like, times where she totally invalidated him. Yeah. And you're like, well, no wonder he feels this way. You know, and she's like, well, questioning why he had gotten here. And he's like, she was just like totally invalidating him the whole time. I agree. I saw that, too. And I actually thought it was interesting that she was she seemed so she seemed different, more calm and true to like herself without being like demeaning or anything Mm -hmm. in the pods. And then it was like after they were out of the pods. And I don't know if it's like insecurity or whatever brought that out. Yeah. But it did. It definitely kind of showed it reared its ugly head yeah but i can't get over and i'm going to bring this up because at the reunion did you notice how and maybe chase and i are crazy but we both were like um shane did not look so hot like he was either he was super nervous and he very well could could have been 
or he was on Adderall or something <laughs> because watch it. Like you'll be yeah. like, oh my gosh, he was sweating like crazy mm-hmm. and he was like shaking a lot and like twitching a lot in his seat. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he would be so distracting. I'm surprised nobody like said, hey, Shane, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I noticed that a little bit. Um, I would probably attribute it to nervousness. Nervousness. For sure. I mean, this is like, I mean, it wasn't the first time that, you know, they had seen the other castmates or their betrothed or whatever since the weddings and stuff. But Mm -hmm. having to then face all of the questions, like it would be nerve wracking for anybody. Yeah, I kind of seemed a little guilty, like there was more to the story or something. I'd love to like know what that was. But I think it came out on the reunion, too, that he he did go back and date Natalie like off camera. They did try Mm -hmm. that. But then didn't he go and date? I'm oh Shane. I don't think he. I don't think they dated, but they had seen each other. Okay. I mean, take that Something. for what you will, but whatever they said that. <laughs> I remember them saying that they. This wasn't the first time that they had seen each other since the show. Right. So, Shayna was a, just a fire starter to me. I liked her until the bonfire, and I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, I really like. I honestly really was turned off by yeah. her attitude completely mm-hmm. at the bonfire. I was like, wow, you are like, you're going to stir the pot big time. That's just kind of like your personality, it seems like. Yeah. Granted, that, they're all under a microscope. And again, who knows how anybody, <laughs> any of us would be, you know, portrayed on a reality TV right. show, right? They, they want to showcase your worst moments. But yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um Okay, last couple I want to talk about, and then we can move on. Okay. Um, Nick and Danielle. Are um, you surprised that they got married? Because I was. Really? I, I thought that Nick was going to say no. Oh. Uh, did, did you see? He sweat through his suit. Yeah, I know. That was kind of weird, In too. his crotch and through his back? Like, well, I was, what? I mean, not to put, like, <laughs> Chase on blast, but I was like, okay, maybe because it was probably really humid. Chase sweats so bad <laughs> when he's like really hot and humid and that poor guy was in a suit and probably had like three layers on, you know what I mean? And being nervous and, and nervous. Anxious. Yeah, like the whole bit. So I mean, I think that they were a good match. I I think that they struggled a little bit too with like the communication factor. Yeah. Uh but I recently read a book called Attached. And it's about um, attachment styles. And Mm -hmm. previously, you know, attachment styles were really only regarded in children and how they were attached to like their parents Mm -hmm. and their mom and stuff. Um, But research has kind of shown that those attachment styles follow people into adulthood because why wouldn't it? And there's basically three different types of attachment styles. There's um, anxious attached. There's avoidant attached and then there's secure attachment so secure attachment is like what you're aiming for right like Mm -hmm. anxious attachment is just constantly being on edge wondering if you said the wrong thing or if your partner is upset with you or something like Mm -hmm. that and avoidant attachment is when someone gets close to you and you immediately like back off and you're like whoa like you're way too close interesting and so it was so obvious to me that Danielle was an anxious attached person yeah, to Nick. Absolutely. Um, 
and I get it. Like I'm also an anxious attached person, so mm-hmm. I can relate to that. But yeah, it was just crazy that there was so much, again, miscommunication. And of course, we're dissecting this again right, from we're the able show. To watch it. <laughs> but it was just, it's just insane to me. And I was actually really happy to hear that they had been going to couples therapy because that was kind of my thing too. Right. Watching the show, I was like, I think that they would do really well with a third party mediator to kind of help them through their communication. Yeah, styles. absolutely. And so I was actually really happy to see that that they had decided to go that route. Yeah, definitely. Big advocate for therapy of all kinds. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I've done like personal therapy and then Chase and I did um, like newlywed. It's not really, it's kind of therapy, but yeah. put on, it was through our church and then it was cool because, you know, had you not had had some of the conversations like, what do you expect from your husband? What do you expect from your wife? What, yeah. you know, how many kids do you want to have? Like some of it's like basic conversations, but you know, a lot of it, people don't ask. Yeah. It's <laughs> or go stuff. into too much detail if it's kind of a weird subject or something. Yeah. But anyways. All right. Okay. This is something that I've been wanting to ask is just like, what got you into baking bread? Oh. Into bread making. <laughs> like, I feel like. It just like came out of came nowhere, out of nowhere, and now like you've like spurred this entire like chain reaction. Oh my gosh! It's of a whole people thing. within our team and beyond. To it's making so bread. funny to see, <laughs> and I even have people that are like, "Can I have some of your starter?" And so I'm like, "Absolutely." <laughs> so I'm like a starter dealer over here on the side I too. It. It's been fun. Uh, no, I, I feel like back in 2020 when the world was crazy, I mean, I'd always had kind of a, an interest in like hobby farms. So Mm -hmm. random. I know I, if people, the people that really have like known me from my teenage years and older, they, they're like, what the heck? Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, trust me, just buy some land and it changes you. Totally. Um, and so, I mean, I've had goats and, you know, like chickens and all kinds of stuff. Um, we actually had chickens even back in our first house, loved it. Mm -hmm. So it's just gotten kind of escalated and escalated from there. I wanted to make sourdough bread for a long time, but it was something that was very intimidating for me. Most people who start sourdough, um, are thinking about doing sourdough or probably feeling that way right now. That's why you haven't started. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's really not as hard as I I thought it was going to be. So it did take me a while to like get that going. Yeah. But I really found that through 2020, through just how crazy our careers can be, um, there was just something more soothing for me, like therapeutic almost about having a garden and having um, animals outside and hearing the chickens, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. hearing my kids giggling in the background. It's almost like that like, I don't know, white noise kind of thing for me, but it was, it's just soothing. I just love it. Yeah. And so I'll have a crappy day or a stressful day. And I just like being able to go out to the garden and like water it. And then I'm, you know, standing in the sun and it feels good and it's warm and I can kind of like just take a breather and like change of scenery. Sure. So that's what bread making is for me too. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Kind of on a deep thought there. No, I mean, it's, it's just something I feel like a lot of people are are going back to gardening at least like in you know my circle and and people that I follow yeah. and stuff like that it seems like gardening and being more self-sufficient food-wise and that kind of thing is uh, you know kind of trending i think it's so point. cool 
I, I like admire people so much who like my next thing that I admire people for is like people who milk cows and like, are you talking about ballerina farm ballerina farm? I watch her, her stories all the time. I just, I watch her. I literally commented on like her most recent reel. I was like, please make a cookbook. Like I feel like all of her cooking reels have to be leading up to something. So yeah, I could see her having a cookbook and I would absolutely be one of the first people in line to buy it. Right. (laughs) I just love her. If you're not following ballerina farm, I found her. I like, I'm following her because of you. Like I found her. She's mesmerizing. Is she not? Yeah. And plus, I think it's cool. Like she lives in Utah. I'm, I live. You're from Utah. In Utah. Yeah, from Utah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's just interesting. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool to me. I want to be more self sufficient. I want to know how to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like a, a hidden hobby of mine. <laughs> totally. Okay, I want to talk about because we have some events coming up. Yes. So I want to talk oh. about some of the stuff. So actually both you and I have different speaking engagements. So you're speaking at something and I'm speaking at something. Yes. Um, so I'm actually, I was actually just invited to be a panelist speaker at it's called the next gen business summit in Las Vegas. That's going to be um, so cool. It's hosted by next gen coaching, which is a husband and wife team Travis and Minky Brady, who coincidentally are also from Utah, which was so funny when I, when I met with Minky over zoom, we bonded over that and she's also into horses. I'm into horses. So it was like a whole thing. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm super excited about this event because I'm going to be the only real estate person there. And so, you know, it'll be nice to be the exclusive real estate voice at this event. So I'm going to be on a panel And then I'm also going to have my own like 40 minute breakout session Mm. where I'll probably talk about something real estate, social media esque, you know, really? Yeah. So I'm really (laughs) shocker, you know, (laughs) but it's going to be like hosted at like this mansion kind of near the South end of the strip. So I'm super excited. That's actually, um, mid April around Easter. That's going to be so cool for that. I will have the, um, link if that sounds like something you want to come to like not just to support me but I'm excited to be there and have this experience right like right. we've always talked about going to like summits like this Absolutely. and stuff and so I am not only going to speak but also going to listen and learn so I'm really excited and one thing that I love about their philosophy behind throwing events like this is a lot of times you'll go to like an event and I'm really picky about events because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of money and I want to make sure that I'm getting my money's worth out of it. Right. Right. But at a lot of these events hosted by like coaching businesses, they, you know, wine and dine you and that kind of thing. And they have fluffy speakers and whatever. And then at the end of it, they're like to get the more experience you have to swipe your credit card for this experience or hire us as coaches or whatever. Right. Like, right. It feels event, too bait and switch. Yes, exactly. It's bait and switch, yada, yada. But next gen does not do their events that way at all. The events themselves are an income stream, mm-hmm. but the purpose of the event is to host the event and probably just relationships, which is what we're and all networking. about. Yes. Networking mm-hmm. for sure. And I just like love that because I hate it when I'm at an event and I'm sure some of you guys have been to an event that's done this too is like, 
you they promise one thing and you show up and then you're like okay wait like you're just selling me on a course or something and i just hate that yeah you know no absolutely i'm really excited that they don't do that Mm -hmm. and that it's just kind of like really the same philosophy that i have is here's me here's my expertise here's what i'm good at if you want to work with me because of that awesome let's work together but Mm -hmm. if not that's fine too definitely and that's how they are so i'm really excited but i'm gonna which is good yes i'm gonna have in the show notes i'll have a link to that you can actually use the code jesse to get 500 dollars off your ticket that's a good one so no i'll we'll actually put all of the links for all events in the show notes um so you'll be able to find everything but that's awesome i'm going to be also speaking on a panel uh this is going to be in chandler arizona so if you're in the area uh, it's coming up very quickly. It's April 1st. It's going to be at 1230 uh, at the forum. You can search that in maps in mm-hmm. Arizona, Chandler. Uh, and it's going to be me and three other uh, agents. And we're going to be talking all about like our businesses and how and why it fits really well with EXP mm-hmm. um, and what we personally have experienced and enjoyed about EXP. So I'm excited because I really love panels. Like yeah. I think panels are just so, so much more casual. Yeah. They're uh, casual. It's, it's fun. Kind of like podcasting. You, it really is. You ask, get asked a question and then you answer it. Yeah. yeah. There's no prep. Cool. I don't have to memorize anything, which I also love. Right. You can just show up. <laughs> just show up and be myself. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. So we'll have information for those events linked below for you guys. We also have our first socially modern collective event coming mm-hmm. up we do. in April as well. So we are going to be in Tampa, Florida on Saturday, April 23rd. We're still working out some of the, the other loca- details, yep. but it's going to be the whole day on Saturday. So mark your calendars, make sure you're following us on social media, get on our email list, that kind of stuff for when we release those dates but mark that in your calendar Tampa, Florida anybody in or around that area we're coming for you come and see us come hang out Uh, it's going to be a really fun content day we're going to grab a drink afterwards and mastermind on all Mm -hmm. things social media Uh, it's going to be super fun uh, so I can't wait to do that like Jesse said that's April 23rd so mark that in your calendar we've been really working on this certain location so hopefully we get it but we should have an update here hopefully this week yay okay awesome and then another event that we have coming up is not just a socially modern collective event but it's kind of a modern ladies in real estate type of event um so stephanie and i as well as some of our other friends mckenna ryan shireen dora and uh, Kristen cantrell we're going to be in boise idaho on Thursday, June 2nd, for a, a very similar type of event. It's going to be a, a workshop style event. We're going to do a little bit of content in the morning, and then we're going to change into comfy clothes, which what event have you ever been to where they invite you to change into comfortable clothes, <laughs> right? That's just <laughs> I like love it. unheard of already. <laughs> um, it, we're going to have lunch brought in. We're going to do Um, some more kind of masterminding things, have some messages from all of us. Like Stephanie and I are going to talk social media and podcasting. Shireen's going to talk about investing. Kristen's going to talk about relationship building, networking, and McKenna's going to talk about uh, course creating, creating different streams of income. And that's also kind of the theme of this event too, is like 
building your business outside of just real estate sales. Right. Beyond your next transaction. Yeah. So we're super excited for that event. It Again, it's going to be a one day event. We're really trying to like condense these events because we know just how busy people are. <laughs> and we realize most of you, you know, are probably like wives, mothers, whatever. We have all these different yeah. responsibilities. One day is just like so great. Yeah. Because you can so. just take that day. It's not make or break for your deals or your clients or anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're really excited. We do have a, a link for that. That will be in the show notes. So you guys can grab your tickets if yes. you're in or around the Boise area. We'd love to meet you. And those are all of our events. Those are all of our events. <laughs> Let's talk about the collective itself now. Yeah. Last but not least, I think this is kind of like wrapping up. So uh, we are, I'm just super excited. The collective is doing so great. Yeah. Uh, we've been growing super quickly, which has been a really amazing thing to see. I mean, we're probably averaging about four to five new agents per month, yeah. which is cool. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, that's been amazing. Uh, I especially love all of our classes that we've been doing every single month, too. Yeah. So we obviously do different trainings that are hyper-focused on how Jesse and I network, um, use our digital marketing, social media, all of those good things. Uh, something that we've implemented were, like recently and again is our monthly masterminds. And yeah. I'm really pumped because... These, of course, we've been talking about all new things that are happening with social media, which lately I feel like there have been so many new things yeah. happening on Instagram. Um, we've been talking about strategy. We've been talking about different client experiences. We're talking about, you know, losses and wins and navigating uh, those different situations as a group. I think it's so fun to like literally all get together and just talk about these things. Yep. So that's that's been one of my favorite things right now with the collective. Uh, as far as our stats go, uh, we are at forty three members, and we're in fourteen states. So, so crazy, so crazy. <laughs> it has just been taking off, you guys. It's been so fun, um, you know. And just for perspective, even talking on that, you know, mm -hmm. having forty three members, uh, half of that number count uh, are secondary or even third agents for me. So that's meaning, uh, you know, one of the agents that I personally introduced to the collective and our brokerage brought on an agent as well. Yeah. So they're benefiting from passive incomes, which is cool. Right. So I have brought in like 10 to 12 people. That's so amazing. That basically of that 41. So minus us, like 12 of those people are people mm -hmm. that I've personally brought on to the collective. Right. And are mentoring. It's so cool Which to see. Is awesome. That's been like so fun. Uh, of course, you know, being able to grow in multiple ways at this brokerage was just like icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. um, being able to to have a collective where we were able to like leave everything out that we didn't like about team structures, uh, but then again turn around and say, okay, this is growth that's inevitable, not just for us. Mm -hmm. You know, at, at the top, it's it's everybody. Yeah. Everybody within the collective has the opportunity. And, and I really do believe it is inevitable that you will grow. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that happened with me even without being intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of 2020, after I kind of had my breakthrough year, I had agents that were reaching out to me asking questions about how I had grown my business on social media. And so I naturally was kind of starting to attract attention for that. And then... 
you know, that's when we met and I was going to talk to you about how do we navigate this now that people are reaching out to me, right? blah, blah, blah. And that was ultimately <laughs> how we came up with the podcast and then the team and then, you know, how so many things have just from stemmed from it. Yeah. And it was all stuff that, you know, I think when you get into real estate, you know, as a new agent, you're, you're super focused on making those next transactions, those next deals. Mm-hmm. But then you hit certain goals in your business and certain income levels. And you're like, your mind is blown and it's open now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I envision. Like my mind yeah. was opened. And then from there, I've just been like, here's a door. Here's a window. Here's a door. Like, let's just let's open them all. Let's just yeah. try it. <laughs> you know, and you start to kind of become you'll think more and more like that. And that's where I really, you know, loved our brokerage because mm-hmm. now we have other opportunities. So yeah. Anyways, that's just been so fun to see. Uh, We do have links in our show notes Mm -hmm. for calls with us. If you guys are interested at all and want to talk about the collective, just book a call and we can chat. If it's, you know, something that fits for you and your business, then that's great. And if not, that's great, too. It's okay. You can still sit here and listen to the podcast because we love it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Hope you guys have a great week. Great rest of your day. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to Socially Modern. Interested in partnering with us on our nationwide real estate team? Check the show notes of this episode to schedule a call with one of us to learn more. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates on the show at Socially Modern. You can also follow me, Stephanie, at Hey Stephanie Mainville. And me, Jessie, at Miss Jessie Lockhart. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week.